When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 238, The Power of an Internal Locus of Control by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com. Get ready to maximize your potential with Optimal Living Daily, the podcast that brings you the best in personal development and productivity every day of the week. Your optimal life awaits. Now here's your host, Justin Mollick. What's going on, Life Optimizer? You're listening to Optimal Living Daily, and I'm Justin Mollick, your very own personal narrator for amazing blogs and completely free of charge, if you want. And today I'm reading a post from one of my newest, favoritist authors to join OLD, Kristen Wong, who's figured out a way to make a living from being a freelance writer. Not easy to do, but she's working hard and is paying off. She's written for Lifehacker, Mental Floss, and many others. And before we get into it, today's a special episode on my brother's podcast, Optimal Health Daily, which is a spinoff of this show. Same premise, except he reads posts that cover health and fitness. And today's a Q&A episode. We take your audio questions over at oldpodcast.com, and then he answers them right on the show. He's a doctor, registered dietitian, and personal trainer, so he's got the bases covered. And now if you submit an audio question, we're putting just those people into a special raffle to win a book. So if you have any question that deals with health and fitness, diet and nutrition, working out, all that stuff, come by oldpodcast.com and send in an audio question. It's super easy, and again, we're doing special raffles just for people who do. You'll have a great chance at winning. And I'll leave it at that. Let's get this going and start optimizing your life. The Power of an Internal Locus of Control by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com. In first grade, I won a raffle. It was just a sticker, but I was in shock. Seconds before my teacher pulled the paper out of the hat, I envisioned my name being called. Immediately after that vision, my name was called. It was my first coincidence, but in my naive six-year-old mind, I thought I willed it to happen. For a while, I was convinced I could control every aspect of my life, from stickers to the weather. Of course, that feeling would wear off over the years, and sometimes I'd feel utterly powerless, like the universe worked against me. Overall, though, I've always had a strong, maybe too strong, sense of control. I've always felt that if I do the right things and worked hard, I can manipulate the course of my life just the way I want it. That's why I took it so hard when I was laid off a few years ago. But more on that later. Psychologists have a name for this, an internal locus of control. I had never heard this term before. Then I cracked open Charles Duhigg's new book, Smarter, Faster, Better, and read about people who believe they can, quote, influence their destiny through the choices they made, unquote. Recently, I had a chance to talk to Duhigg about this concept, what influences it, and how to build it if you don't have it. 
what is an internal locus of control? Researchers have been studying this concept since the 1950s, and there's a good measure for figuring out whether you have an internal or external locus of control. How do you feel when things go wrong? Is it always your fault, or is it outside forces working against you? And when things go right, do you give yourself credit, or do you just feel lucky? If you feel outside forces are responsible for your fate, good or bad, you have an external locus of control. If you blame and credit yourself, you have an internal one. Research shows there are a few advantages associated with an internal locus of control. Academic success, self-motivation, lower rates of stress. We know that most people seem to be born with almost biological and neurological instincts for the internal locus of control, Duhigg told me. You can see it in babies. When they learn to control the actions of food going into their mouths, they'll fight for the control to feed themselves, Duhigg says. Even as babies, we want to take control of our destinies, even if that destiny is just to shove Cheerios in our faces. When people lose that internal locus of control, when it shifts to an external locus of control, it's oftentimes because of our environment, Duhigg said. We've been taught essentially that we can't have control. We've learned helplessness. That's bad news if you want to, say, get your finances together, find a better job, or get out of debt. When you don't think your actions matter, it's a struggle to get very far with any goal. Duhigg says, quote, the question then becomes, how do we reawaken that belief that someone is in charge of their own destiny, unquote. The good news is, an internal locus of control is a skill. If you've lost it, you can relearn it. Focus on choices. Choices are everything. Duhigg talks about how choices and decisions help develop a sense of control. Quote, Carol Durack, a psychologist, what she says is, and studies back her up on this, if a kid does really well on an exam, you shouldn't say, you must be really smart, because being smart is not something that a kid thinks that they control. Instead, you should say things like, you must have worked really hard, unquote. This, Duhigg points out, teaches a kid that he or she is in control. You praise them for their abilities, not things outside their power. Quote, you make clear to people how their choices, how their actions have these positive outcomes. Then you put them into situations where they actually have to make controlled choices, and in doing so, they learn, unquote. You can use this advice to your own advantage. Forget about the things you can't control. Focus on the things you can. Then take action to feel powerful, even if it's a tiny action. For example, the economy still sucks and student debt rates are crazy high. There's not much you can do about that, but focus on what you can control. The college you attend, the degree you get, where you'll live, whether you'll buy a meal plan, how many roommates you'll live with. Your own choices will vary, of course, but the point is just to focus on all the things, even the small things you can control amidst the many things you can't. Gradually, you'll start to feel more powerful. Here's another example. For a long time, there was one area I did not feel an internal locus of control, my salary. I didn't negotiate, and I never asked for higher rates. Eventually, I learned to ask for more, and I was stoked when clients said yes, but I was even happy when they rejected me. Why? Because I still made the decision to ask. I took action, and that action was empowering. Find the balance between control and acceptance. Of course, a super strong internal locus of control can backfire. When I was laid off, I was depressed for months because I couldn't understand what was wrong with me. I wasn't perfect, no, but I worked hard and stressed over every detail about that job. Where did I go wrong? It took me a long time to understand that there's only so much I can control. Sometimes, shit just happens. When I came to that realization, I regained my motivation and bounced back emotionally. An external locus of control can come in handy. In a study from the University of Munster, for example, Researchers found that people who have an external locus of control cope better with death. 
Sometimes understanding that there are some things you can't control, like mortality, offers relief. When it comes to your motivation and productivity, though, you want to harness the power of an internal locus of control. Everything from your age to your upbringing to your culture can have a huge impact on your sense of control. This is why even small, tiny actions can make a big difference to your financial goals, career goals, whatever. They add up, but more importantly, they make you feel in control of your own destiny. What do you all think? Do you have more of an internal or external locus of control? You just listened to the post titled The Power of an Internal Locus of Control by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com. And I wanted to read this because it's something that I think about a lot actually and see frequently with other people. The bad things that happen are always blamed on external circumstances, but if something good happens, then they take credit. It's like they're switching back and forth. It's a funny thing. And I think it's helpful to own up in both cases. You can learn from your mistakes that way and take responsibility for everything that happens. And I'm also a fan of Charles Duhigg's work. So yeah, great post. And you can show Kristen some love by visiting her online at thewildwong.com. And that's 238 episodes down, crazy. I'll be back tomorrow with The Minimalists, so I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show, except more focused on personal finance. Justin handpicks the best posts he can find from blogs and authors like Ramit Sethi, Mr. Money Mustache, and more, and I read them to you five days a week. So if you enjoy this podcast, come on over and subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily too. And together, we'll optimize your financial life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.